This is a Skeptic Frogs production. Fire. Air. Water. Earth. Eight years have passed since the Avatar's untimely end, with fear that the Avatar line may have ended, and with withering hope for the White Lotus to continue holding peace, the search for the next Avatar hastily begins. Previously on Dice Benders. Okay, so it sounds like the person that Rodin was talking to got Rodin to get these people against us. We'll have the diplomatic people in our party get a seat with the council and the heavy hitters to go take on the, the league of extraordinary people who don't like us. I'm already thinking of Bay Long and how we split the party up numerous times there, so I'm a little freaked out about splitting the party. All right, you open the door to the uh, the courtyard, which is the centerpiece of the whole building. Uh, as you see, Yang and Vana were sitting there. Uh, it has not been long at all since Taro, Jaeger, and Shang walked off. Vana turns around and goes, Oh, Kevin, hi. We were just about to go and fetch you. Yeah, I was pretty much, when, I, when we heard the door uh, opening and closing, <laughs> It's so, uh, Taro uh, and Jaeger uh, being led by Sean. Uh, uh, I had to go and get them this little product that my dad made, which is a little healer. Oh, a little you healer? What? What is... Uh, sure, okay. And she, she grabs some, takes a little sip, and you can see, like... Uh, she has her eyes closed and she looks like she's smiling and she's about to take a sip. But the second it touches her tongue, she kind of pauses and her her eyes open a little bit and just like puts the drink back down, swallows what little drop was put into her mouth, hands it back to you and goes, yeah, that that's not the worst thing I've tasted. I was I said the exact same thing. It's, um... Oh. Um, yeah. um, Yang. Yes, Master Vana? Um, do you want to try some, or should we just kind of get on going with what our mission is? I'll try a little bit of it. I reach it, my hand out. And I pass it to Yang. And in my head, I'm thinking mental notes, whatever I said about the uh, thing. Trying to figure out what to add to it. I can make it taste real good. I take a sip of it. All right. And you get this taste of this uh, tiny hint of cabbage. Uh, you get aloe vera juice, you get it all is carbonated in your mouth, like what we were saying before, it's a vegan Baja Blast that you are tasting right now. I'm start chugging it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that. Yay, likes it, Mama. <laughs> I, I hand the empty more bottle for to him Kevin. Then, I guess. <laughs> is, is there more? 
I'm going to pretty much I'm compiling mental notes. It's like, okay, maybe this is in some markets. It's it's um it's it's going to do really well. I would and recommend I, maybe adding just a little bit of crisp apple and maybe some honey to it, just to add a little bit of sweetness, natural sweetness. Other than that, it's fantastic. Can I have put another? Put out a little piece, piece of paper and jot that down. <laughs> can Can I have another? <laughs> um, I gave the brass to Taro and Jaeger because they may need it for what they're about to do. What's it for? Uh, you know how sometimes we go on missions and we need healing every once in a while. That's why we got you, but sure. Yeah, this it. Um, the reason it's being developed is just in case um, I'm not around or I might be down on the ground. This can be used to heal. I look at the empty it bottle. So I was supposed to drink this later. Oh, don't, oh, don't worry. You, you get with two pillars. <laughs> hmm. You see Vana the whole time she's just kind of been watching the two of you talk. And um, she finally cuts in and goes, Alright, um, I love this conversation, but we've got a lot that we need to take care of uh, before we get back with the rest of the group. So, Kevin, uh, you aren't a part of our little uh, rendezvous here to talk about what the plan is. So, here, let me just give you the base rundown. And uh, okay. she goes on to explain to you, she goes on to explain to you what happened. Uh, she then goes on to explain that you three are more of the diplomatic approach. You know, she brought up the idea of trying to get more members of the council on your side to have an official uh, conversation with them to talk about why you guys are there in the first place to open up the school in the Republic Nation. Okay. Uh, I found out that the congressman that we were talking to, his name is Rowan. Um, Homeless man you were talking to? Um, you know, the, the, the congressman we were talking to? Oh, on congressman. The train. Oh, okay, on the train. Congressman. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Congressman Rowan? Mm-hmm. And just out of did, character, did you clarifying. Find yeah. Just clarifying, out of character. This isn't. Rowan isn't Yang's family, right? No, this is okay. Rodin. Rodin. Yeah. Rodin. Rodin. Got it. Not Rodin. Councilman Rodin. Okay. Okay, I wrote it wrong. Now, Yang, you know that Rohan is in this city, but these are two separate people. I just don't know where Rohan is, because I, I don't even know what Rohan looks like. <laughs> yeah. And Milo never really said anything about who Rohan was here either. Exactly. Anyway, sorry, going back to character, I just wanted to confirm that it was Rodin and not Rohan. Right. And Vanna looks at Kevin and she 
inquires, So, um, your father is a member of the council. We were thinking the best way to try to get in touch with each member is to kind of get information from him and see what we can do. The more councilmen we have in our favor, the better it's going to be for us. Okay. Well, that is finishing up his case. Uh, so we can, so he, he would be in a good mood, especially once we, I tell him that, um, that, um, the little healer is really popular amongst airbenders. <laughs> Look at Yang. I wish I had another one. <laughs> it makes me wonder if Go would have so liked good. it. so good. Hmm. All right, so I guess that's uh, that's our plan. Head on uh, head on up to uh, talk to your dad. Okay. So okay. just to confirm, we're talking to your dad to convince him to allow us to be here to train people. What we're doing with his father is get information about where the rest of the councilmen are. Uh, our goal is to try to get each one of the, or as many of the councilmen as possible to be in favor of the conversation that we're supposed to have with the council to get a school in here. Currently, they don't seem interested in talking to us. I personally don't understand why, and that's a part of why I want to do this too. I want to figure out what exactly is holding the rest of them back. Okay. And I pretty much tell them that the group that we've been having a little trouble with in the city, um, out there pretty much hang out in the vine section. Um, they've been, the councilmen been pretty much trying to target, especially my dad trying to target with the police where they're at and trying to get rid of them. That's going to really help if, uh, if the other group isn't successful in finding them, we know where to go then. If we go with the police, we could probably work together or something, but it, we'll find out if they're successful when they come back. Right now, our focus is going to be on these councilmen. And we're just trying to establish as to why they would be resistant to allowing the White Lotus into the city? That's kind of what we need to go up there and talk to him about. So I'm going to head on up now. You guys do what you want to do, but I want to get to this. I don't want to keep asking ourselves questions because the three of us only know what we know. We need more information. Right. It's very clear that we need more information. So I'm going to head on up. And she starts walking uh, to the door. Uh, Dan, do I... Uh... Does Kevin know who are the current members of the council? The only one you know now is Mike and Rodin. Okay. I put my hands behind my back and start calling Master Vana. I'm going, and I'm following behind him. Inside, okay. inside my head, I think this is a big mistake, but I'm just following along. <laughs> Okay. Uh, do you mind clarifying what you th feel is a mistake? Me as a DM, I'm curious. Oh, um, honestly, one of the things that, uh, inside of Yang's head, he's outlining the whole thing differently, which is, one, 
Remembering how we split up numerous times that day long and it got us into trouble. Two, how we wanted, we pretty much decided we were going to try not to split up that much uh, if need be. Uh, and if we're trying to get information on council members and go speak to council members who don't want to talk to us, I would speak to the citizens and see what it is that they know rather than try to talk to the council members directly. Okay, do you want to bring that up to uh, Vana? Nope, I'm sticking with the plan that's already in place. Because <laughs> most of the time when Yang has a different plan, it's what causes us to screw up. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> Alright, he's keeping it to himself. Yep, he's keeping it to himself. Right. Like, oh, I'm not sure about this. You guys uh, head on up. Uh, Kevin, you kind of guide where the room is that your father was in. You knock on the door. You hear him muffled behind the door to say, come in. The three of you enter, and you see your father's already writing down on some notepad. It looks like some uh, work-related stuff with the factory and stuff like that. And he goes, oh, Kevin, um, and Vana. And he gets up, and he has this big smile. He waddles around his desk. Uh, and gives Vanna a hug. She very nervously just keeps her hands at her side and just smiles, like, anxiously waiting for him to get off. She's never been much of a hugger, as far as you've known. She only hugs in very rare occasions. Uh, but he eventually backs off and goes, What what brings uh, the three of you back to my office? Oh, people in that know something, um, do you know why some members of the council don't want to meet with the White Lotus? Or because we haven't yet got a like have a specific date to meet. Yes. Um, well, this was uh, bound to come up at some point. Um, go ahead and um, take a seat wherever you see the two chairs that you and. Um, you and him were sitting at that's across from the window to outside. There's another uh, chair that's in front of his desk uh, that he is able to pull out from like a little closet that's off, that's behind his desk. He sets it out so that there's three seats for each of you, and then he sits behind his desk. Uh, Vana continues to stand, but she kind of like leans her hands over the or on the uh, the head of the chair, and she just goes. Well, first of all, I just want to say it is such a pleasure in seeing you again, Mike. It has been... It's been a while. And he just smiles and goes, yes, yes, almost eight years, I believe. But uh, what what can I do for you? And she just goes, I... Like what Kevin said, we just... We need to find out why the the council doesn't approach us or want to talk to us it seems because we we've tried to get in touch nothing's ever come up and he just goes yes uh well i guess the best way to describe this is to kind of tell you uh to just tell you who each one of the members are 
there's there's five of us. Of course, there's myself. And he smiles as he puts his hands across his chest. And then he goes, there's uh, Rodin, which my boy was asking about. Uh, then we've got Say Lee, who... Uh, she She's a, a nice lady. Um, about my age, you can see some wear in her face, although she hides it pretty well. Uh, her concern is less of... Uh, the White Lotus and more uh, focus primarily on uh, war. Uh, she believes that the Fire Nation is in an impending war with us here in Republic City. I I don't think that this is uh, accurate. I don't think that this is going to really happen. But at the same time, her sources tell her that it is. So that could be a part of it. She doesn't find the White Lotus as much of a priority. Uh, we've also got Catherine, who is... Uh, she's younger than your old man here, and he smiles as he looks over to Kevin. And he goes, she just more or less just goes along with what the rest of the council says. Uh, she'd be pretty easy to, to speak to, but... Uh, doesn't quite have uh, an opinion one way or the other of you guys. Uh, we've got Rodin, which I told you about, and then Quelo, who uh, he's been on the council for the longest time out of anybody else. He, uh, because of this, he has a very good hold of the people. Uh, people tend to just love the way he speaks, and he has a very good way with with the community of Republic City. And he he's very knowledgeable about these things. Um, I can be honest with you guys. He doesn't seem swayed one way or the other that you guys can do anything for the city because in his eyes, the only thing that's wrong is just this tension between the benders and the non-benders because of the laws that were put in place. Uh, you know, I, I was speaking with you, Kevin, about this. It, it's supposed to be built for e equality, and that's what we all approved of this law for. But uh, the benders don't see it this way, and his priority is just solving that. He doesn't think bringing you guys in to Republic City is going to relieve this tension. If anything, he think it, he says it would amplify it. So, Quillen and Quillo and, and Sadie, those are the ones, really, uh, Quillo, uh, are really the ones we need to uh, uh, try to convince. Yes, we were. I was personally the one uh, that really struck it hard to at least get you guys into this city uh, to try to commemorate a bond between the White Lotus and the Republic Nation. I think that that would be great to bring the Lotus back, you know, back 50-something years ago when Korra was still young. The White Lotus seemed to be very prominent here, uh, and as time went on, the, the divide came. I think the opposite of what Quelo thinks. I believe that the White Lotus can help bring together everybody. Not everyone from the White Lotus is a bender, and 
you know, I think that would help. But the way the council works is it has to be a unanimous decision on laws and uh, systems that are put in place. Which I guess could bring me to the president uh, of Republic City. Uh, it's uh, His name is Rohan. And he... He himself is the only bender of the entire group. Uh, the five of us, and you definitely know I am not a bender, but the rest of them aren't either. He's the only one that is. Uh, at the same time, though, the way the council system works is that the five of us approve of a law, and he kind of is the spokesman for uh, bringing this law into activity. So, he's not there in the council meetings, but he is the uh, the face of Republic City. Okay. And what does he think? He... I, I don't really know. Uh, I... With, between working my business and living down in the water tribe with your mother, I don't really see him and the time that I am here uh, as short or long as it is most of the time it it ends up me not directly being in contact with Rohan at least you have at least some idea of what's um, um, what's going on uh, with the meeting but yes, why did she um, think the... uh, I'm still wondering what why did Sadie thinks there's gonna be a war from the Fire Nation? I try to speak with her on it and she tells me that she can't ex tell me who her sources are. and uh, I, I don't really understand. The Fire Nation are already been through a huge amount of war with the world. I don't think they have a stomach for another war. It's it's hard to tell. Uh, last I ever heard from the Fire Nation, the the new uh, monarch and their family is. Uh, I'm not sure if they cling to their old ways or anything like that. I don't go to the Fire Nation. I don't know what it's like. Interesting. Donna, have you heard anything from the fire, uh, uh, the, the, from the fire nation regarding this? Uh, let me see. Let me see what she can roll to to do this. See how much she would possibly even know about the fire nation. She rolled a five. <laughs> she just looks at you and goes, I, I'm sorry, sweetie. I don't know anything about the Fire Nation. If there's any one person in our group that would, it would be Shang. Uh, my second best guess would be Jaeger. Um, but they're not here right now. We can only focus on what we can do. Okay. We'll, we'll ask them later. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a good idea. Well, 
at least we know we need to talk to um, Aquilo. It's, it's the, um, could we get a meeting with him? You can definitely attempt it. I think uh, a part of the reason the council collectively hasn't uh, brought you in is just some might not even know you're in the city yet. Uh, I did see on the news of this event that was going on saying that the news knows that you're in the white, uh, that you, the members of the, right, the White Lotus are here, but not all of them watch the news like that, so it... It doesn't... I don't really know. I, I can also tell you this, though, and he kind of leans forward a little bit, and he just goes, each one of us runs certain parts of the city to kind of help divide the, uh, the stress from this type of work. I myself, I run the business sector primarily, which is, uh, uh, you know, Kevin, that's the left side of the, the lower uh, river, you know. Uh, we've also got Rodin, who runs the right side. That's where the common businesses and commoner homes are. We've got Catherine, who runs the center. Uh, where we are right now and uh, where the the not so much of the factories and stuff like that but the common city streets uh, you guys came through the water transportation you that that's a part of her sector uh say lee runs the military she runs the uh, air defense and uh, manages the navy and all those things Quello, he runs the vine sector. Now, once you say that, now it makes a little more sense why she's a little worried about the Fire Nation. Right, she has a reason to have sources that could give those types of in that type of information to her. Uh, she's the one that, out of all of us, tends to speak to people from the outside the most. Besides me, with you, of course. Rodin the right, Sadie the military, Catherine the center. What does Quinlo run? Quinlo runs the vine sector. Uh, he's in charge of trying to clean up the vines and trying to get those buildings back in operation. Uh, he has stated before his ultimate goal is to get the uh, the bending arena turned into something that would be much more of value into a some sort of super library or something whatever he every time i ask him it seems to be something different uh and that's just because his plans change for the vine sector all the time the vines do uh change and adjust every now and again according to him i only stay up in this upper center in the factory sectors myself have the vines even grew or you stayed in this area? I'm not the one to ask. I, I don't know. Um, if you wanted to ask anybody about the way the vines move, ask the people that live there or ask Quelo. It's his responsibility to take care of that. These and he looks over the, at uh, uh, Yang vines? and... Say that again? Are these the spirit vines that we're talking about? Yes. 
He nods and he well, goes, yes, the uh, the vines are coming right out of the spirit portal and he's the one in charge of trying to keep that area clean and uh, maintained. Would I know anything about the spirit vines or no? Um, I think you could if you were back in the area and actively were trying to um, sense things. But where you guys are right now, you wouldn't know and I... Where you grew up, you never were near a portal to begin with. But you have the capability to find something out. I'm just wondering if the old arena would be a good place for a school. It would allow the White Lotus to help keep an eye on the spirit portal and help keep the spirit vines and everything else in that area under control and at the same time, would allow vendors the opportunity to freely vend without repercussions. Or accidentally damaging the city in the process. That sounds like a good idea. I think that's a swell idea. That that sounds like a perfect place for your base of operations to be if we can get you guys in to speak with the rest of the council. I alone don't have authority to get the the group to speak. Uh, The way we the laws, the way we approve of them is that it has to be a unanimous decision. All five of us have to agree that the White Lotus should come to the, to the city. However, to try to at least get them to speak, you need to have a majority vote. So as long as you can get three of the members to get you in to the council, that will be a good way for you guys to finally get the unanimous decision that I know you deserve. If you get Quelo on your side, color me impressed. But also, it will most likely mean the rest will follow suit. And my question for you, council member, who represents the vendors if all council members are non-vendors? The representative for Benders as a whole uh, is non-existent, and that's just because we don't want a representative for Benders and then a representative for non-Benders because that creates division within people themselves. We do run different sections of the city, but that's just to kind of divide the, uh, the stress of work between the five of us equally. Having a council member that is specifically for benders could cause non-benders to be upset or, you know, things could be askew. But how can they be askew, forgive me, council member, if there are five non-benders upon the council and no one to represent the benders Uh, themselves? We tried... We, we try not to focus on who is a bender in the council, you know. Uh, you can be a non-bender and have just as much hope for benders and non-benders as a bender could have hope for a non-bender. So, it's pretty much on the strength of characters to be on the council. Right, exactly. Uh, Vana speaks up, though, and she goes... Yeah, but I'm on the side with Yang. You guys 
despite trying to group everybody together, the the talents that a bender has is different from a non-bender, and the type of lifestyles are a little bit different just because of that. You know, when you get a cut, you go and get a band-aid. When I get a cut, I can heal it with my with my power. It's, so there there's a bit of a even if it's not intentional, there's a bit of a division if the council is this way. So maybe it should be like instead of one, maybe two people represent each area. One non-bender and one bender. Even then, you still have a division. The truth of the matter is that we need the Avatar as the Avatar is the only individual that can truly represent vendors and non-vendors and the spirit world. That is the goal of you, the White Lotus is the partner. Or him. It's not even just the fact that vendors have no representation on the council. I understand the need for laws to protect property, but at the same time, there are laws pr pretty much forcing vendors not to be able to do anything unless they're in designated areas. I remember a time when history said that non-benders were upset with the lack of representation, and now benders have the lack of representation. A lot of uh, benders uh, begin to feel this way. Uh, when the law was enacted, I lost a lot of good workers in my factories uh, because under the law, a factory worker with the new technology that we have could do the work as a non-bender versus being one as a requirement. It, it was the... Uh, the goal was the equality of the of the situation. The job is a small-scale representation of that. I had many firebenders that left outraged that they could no longer use their bending to their benefit in the job. But it's also unfair to the non-benders for others to have upper hands. Let's say if you were playing a game of sports and someone happens to be an airbender, they could kick a ball a hundred miles because of their airbending skills, and that doesn't benefit the non-benders. And that, that was the point, to bring the equality between the two. There was tension, and there still is, absolutely. But that, um, that, that's the point of having this regulation, is for the equality for everybody. As regardless, um, have the laws on structure, somebody is going, it's going to be disenfranchised. It's, it's not, this is not going to be an easy solution to fix. I think you actually had an interesting concept, Kevin. There should be a bender for each of the, the non-bending earth nations and for the earth-bending nation individuals. Same with the non-bending water and bending water. I believe the president should be the only one that could be elected from either a bender or from a non-bender. That's my opinion, and as such, politics aren't my forte. 
Yes, doing that would bring in more members, more seats into the council, which would cause more strain and less, uh, less uh, active communication between them and less uh, help. You know, more voices means more disagreements. Having the five that we have, we do disagree on things, I will say this, I will admit, but overall, less voices means that we don't have to speak over each other and we can all agree on things easier because there's less of us to disagree with. At the end of the day, it's your government. It's your people. And one day the vendors are going to get upset. And I think the a good point that you guys can do, uh, I, I expect you three are in here to gather information, maybe speak with the rest of the council or something. Is that what this is all about? Uh, if it is, that could be a point that you bring up to them. Tell them that, you know, the White Lotus could be a beacon of hope for the benders, and hopefully that would quiet them down and, you know, also sway the councilmen into uh, approving of your acceptance into the, into the city. If we can't persuade you, council member, as to why there should be fair representation, what hope do we have with the other council members? What hope do we have with the president? You, you uh, strike me as an airbender, correct? I bow my head. Yes, council member. Well, the president himself is an airbender. That could be some common ground that you can help kind of open the door for that. An airbender or airbenders or an air nation citizen? He, he's an airbender. He's a citizen to Republic City. Uh, but he is an airbender by heart. And by blood, actually. So, I look at Kevin. Which council member do we start off with first? That would be Twilight. Where can we find him? I'm still the vine section? Well, no, he... he... Oh, he runs there, but he doesn't live there. Um, around this time, and he looks over at the clock that's ticking away at the on the wall, uh, and he goes... Around this time, you can find him in his small business uh, workshop. It's a uh, small little... Uh, I prefer to call it a tinkerer shop just because I run a factory. Uh, but he runs a place where people can go and make... Uh, get keys made and stuff like that. Oh, and that reminds me. Yang really likes... Um, he really likes the ion drink. As I hold up the empty, as I hold up the empty bottle that he, he polished off. Beneath my breath, that I say, is wonderful. I really would love another one. I can definitely get that taken care of for you. Uh, and he reaches into his, uh, one of the drawers, pulls out uh, another one and puts it on his desk for you, Yang. And he goes, now that's the last one that I have 
in my drawer because I myself enjoy them thoroughly. Uh, but if you ever wanted more, feel free to come to the factory. Uh, we've got we've got some in back stock before we release them out to the public. If I might make a recommendation, council member, maybe adding some crisp apples sure. and honey to it to give it a natural sweetness would entice other individuals. I think that is a fantastic idea. He smiles and he starts uh, jotting that down on a piece of paper that's in front of him on like a little corner edge of the paper. And Vana uh, looks at you two and goes, All right, um, if there's anything else you guys want to ask, feel free, but we should head on out. We have a good idea where to find it, uh, Freyla. No, I can tell you this, he would be one of the hardest people to, to read. He doesn't really enjoy much. Um, he does a fine job at what he does, and he wouldn't be... Uh, on the council with such praise from the people if he didn't if they didn't see good in his work uh, I he he would be the hardest of all the other councilmen to try to get a hold of yeah and um Vana speaks up and goes all right. So, well, thank you very much, Councilman. Uh, I will see myself out. Two of you, I want to talk to you guys outside, okay? And she walks out. Thank you for uh, thanks, uh, thank you again, Dad, for the information, and and hopefully we'll get the white loads in here as I head on out. <laughs> I bow before of the council member. Thank you. Thank you for your time, council member. Um, and then I turn around and walk out. You put the potion in your bag. Yes. It... Um, I hold up an empty bottle. Well, you feel rather healthy right now, Yang. You feel like your stomach is floating. These are really good. <laughs> I meant to save it for Iroh, but I forgot. They were so good. <laughs> Do you think I could run over to Kevin and Yanker and get theirs? <laughs> um, where a uh, Quaylon is located, does it go by the... Um, uh, Mike's back, uh, go back, uh, Kevin's dad's factory. No, it's between See? where Mike lives and the factory. Okay. And I'm looking at like, I know you like to like him. Maybe once we're done talking to Quilla, we may run by the factory to some more. Which reminds me, um, I bow before Master Vana. I apologize for my rude outburst in the 
in there, monster. What? Uh, I'm sorry, what, sweetie? What are you talking about? I allowed my anger to get the best of me, and as such, I got smart with the, uh, the Republic Senator, or Republic City Representative, and I apologize. It was unbecoming of a White Lotus member and an airbender. It's... I... Listen, I didn't take any offense to it. He didn't seem to. If anything, it's respectable that you spoke up. You know, talk about the things that matter to you. I... Well, I shouldn't say that stuff. That's, you know, that's your culture and how your culture responds to these kinds of things. I, I don't know. But I can tell you there's no reason to apologize to me. I was fine with it. I thought you brought up some really good points. And Kevin looks at Yang In a democracy, it's good to express one's opinion. And that is your right in a democracy. Alright, let's go deal with this other council member and see if we can persuade him to grant us an audience. Um, Kevin is thinking Well, that's why I wanted to... Hey, Lana, do you think it's best... Like, what's the fastest way you think to get there? Okay, guys, the reason I wanted to talk to you outside of his office... I know exactly where he's talking about, and I know exactly who he's talking about. The guy that he's talking about, Quelo, mm -hmm. he ordered the hit from the from the revolt group on the White Lotus. Um, how far away from the door are we from from Kevin's dad? You guys are far enough away. Wait, what? You guys would be like uh, in what the, in the entrance way right now. What hit are you referring to? There was an attack. Where he? She looks over to you, Kevin. Was he there for this uh, that night escapade on the docks? No. Right. He wasn't. Are you talking about when I was well, in uh, jail? Pretty much. Okay. You, you were in... Uh, that's... And she starts rubbing her I temple keep, that. Okay, well... I, I keep my face blank while she asks that, too. Like, I don't even smile. I have a serious <laughs> face on. Okay, well... We'll get to that later. Um, to make the long story short, Yang, the three of them had people come out and attack them, telling them that they're not welcome in the city. They fended them off. They only kept the driver's Sure. Right. All that, you know, that's the long story short, is that there is a revolt group that they found out about that is is keeping us from being here. They don't want us here. Well, Jaeger, Taro, and I found out by following Rodin that there was a hit ordered 
now that he was telling me about this key shop and all of this stuff and who Quelo was, the person who ordered the hit on the White Lotus, the reason the other three are out on their mission is Quelo. Uh. Is it possible that this council member Quilo knows what you guys look like? He didn't see the two of them. He did see me. Okay. I'm wondering but if he knows who's here as White Lotus then. If his goons described you guys to them, we may have an advantage with me. He doesn't know anything about me. I could be an airbender citizen coming to ask him a question. Well, the thing is with that is he hired the revolt group, it seemed. So they aren't his goons. They were just contracted to do that. But what I'm thinking, and we could totally go any other route. I'm just throwing this out here. The other three are working and playing at his game right now with that revolt group. <laughs> He's talking about how we need to prove our worth. Well, that's what they're doing. I say we go talk to the other council members and try to sway them. When I was in the office with Quelo, Rodin was in there. Wait, wait. He didn't tell Quelo who I was. Wait. Um. Um. So the other three are playing into this individual's hands and possibly walking into a trap. I don't think they're walking into a trap, but the best angle for him to get him on our side is to, as he puts it, prove the worth, and that's what they're doing. Yang size. That's for me out the two. Alright, let's go deal with the others then. Right. Let's go to Rodin. Um, I'll lead the way since I got the express and know the best way to get there. My hands are yes. behind my back and I'm following right behind. Uh, Shang turns to you when you guys are a good distance away and he goes, Alright, Jaeger, what did you learn? I found out that they're trying to recruit more earthbenders and they're having a little competition and the only way to find it is to use the seismic sense. That's okay. right, Taro. We have another secret tunnel. Oh, I love a good secret tunnel. You know, they are everywhere. You we might actually get to go into time. this secret tunnel this time. Oh, yeah, because we didn't belong. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, let's go. Okay. 
and you relay where the where it is. You know, you guys start heading towards the old Binder Arena. Uh, Shang, of all people, uh, is the one to kind of guide you in the direction. Uh, you guys eventually reach it. You are at an area where it's now covered in vines, but you could see back in the day how this would have been just a booming part of the city. Uh, it's a wide street, which of course are now covered in vines, and you see spirits are floating by every once in a while of different types of what looks like animals, because most spirits in the Avatar world take the form of animals, like you've seen with Valhalla Um And all of this stuff. You also see a few people are kind of walking around, avoiding the vines. You know, there's new pathways to follow to avoid that stuff. Um, but you have reached a spot that you... Uh, feel could lead you where you're going because shang stops and goes all right this is the bridge leading to the bender arena did he say that it was at the bridge or on the bender arena island i think i think it implies that it's on the grounds of the arena itself and that the tunnel will be somewhere nearby i'm gonna start river dancing i like i crack my knuckles do a little stretch and I start dancing. Okay. Like, I got this and you're doing story. that before you guys cross the bridge? Well, I mean, like, Car? when we're by it. When we're by the plane. Okay. Okay. Um, so, you begin river dancing um, as Shang and Jaeger are talking. What you see is there is, in fact, a small it looks it appears to be a uh trap door in one of the old wrecked buildings um before the bridge uh you seeing this recall that you were told before that once you reach the bridge there is a building that is less destroyed than another in that building you find a trap door it seems like the person that told you that was telling you the truth. You see that there's a trapdoor and you see there's a tunnel system. Now, as far as your seismic senses go, that's you can't see too much further, but you do see that there's like a small stairway leading down uh, deeper underground while still being under the confines of that building. But you feel as though that would be the right spot. Oh. I really like that see info. This. Okay. Then, no. Uh, I, I at this during this moment, Jaeger, you and Shang are talking about whether or not to cross the bridge. Go ahead, Tara. Sorry. No. Uh, I just I tell them there's a trapdoor in that building. Let's go. Tunnels under there too. All right. Sweet. Okay. Uh, you guys head on over. Uh, Taro, walking in now, you see that the trap door isn't covered by, like, uh, a rug or anything. It's just like a straight rock is blocking it. So anybody that's not an earthbender, even if they knew it was there, wouldn't be able to access it. <laughs> Gotta love a good earthbender with their very <laughs> blunt humor. I pushed the rock away. Yes. I heard that one of the best Earthbender jokes, the punchline is just hide it under a rock. Yeah, uh, I mean, my mom told me that joke a billion times, but yeah, 
You have a mom? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean not what um, in the episode. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone has a mom. Um, I mean, usually my jokes end with a punch for the punchline because it's it's a punchline and that's the joke. My jokes end in depression. <laughs> I have clinical depression. <laughs> Crippling. It's crippling. I'm sorry. I have oh crippling depression. Classic. Alright, are we moving the stone or are we yes. just talking jokes? I, I push it over. To be fair. Right. You push it over. Yes. Go ahead. There it is. Crippling depression. Good God, y'all. <laughs> uh, you... you Push it over to the side. You see there's a trap door and you open it. You guys begin to head down. Um, Shang follows with you guys uh, just behind you. Luckily, you guys are six feet and he is not. He's shorter, so he might very well be hiding behind you guys. Uh, but you go down a little ways until you start to see that there's a series of torches along the sides of this underground tunnel uh, that leads up to a man sitting on a chair with a spirit animal that looks like a wolf in our world just like a regular wolf but in uh, but as a spirit is sitting next to him kind of um waiting uh he sits there he's like cleaning out under his nails or something and it looks like he seems to be there kind of guarding a door uh this small wooden door that has a slide over where the eye slot would be so that People can talk between and see eye to eye. But he gets up, or he looks over at you guys. He gets up. This real burly man. Like, this guy is muscular. About as muscular, if not more muscular, than Torque. So this dude clearly lifts. He probably lifts solid rock every morning just to keep this build up. The boulder. Uh, yeah, he looks a lot like the boulder, and he is taller than both of you. He's like 6'5". And he damn near fills this entire, like, blocks you guys to this door. There's no way you could get around him because of how big he is. And he just crosses his arms, and he looks at the two of you, and he goes, Hey, I don't think I've seen your faces here before. We're new. Heard it's Earthbender week. Yeah. Yeah, who the hell told you that? Heard it through the the, the grapevine. Hmm. No, you guys don't look all that familiar. I don't think the. And he looks and sees that you guys are wearing the jackets. And he goes, "Hey, where did you get those jackets?" I look at Jaeger. We found them. You found them, huh? And he starts rubbing his chin, yeah. which is very, uh, you see like a, a thick five o'clock shadow as he's rubbing his chin. It sounds like he's grating his finger across uh, the hairs that are on his face. That's how rough his hair seems to be. Uh, and he just goes, yeah, all right, tell me, uh, where did you find those? Well, to be perfectly honest... We found them from a couple of unconscious guys down by the pier the other night. We've been wanting to join you guys for a hot minute, 
but we haven't been able to find you. Now we got these cool jackets, and we really like to, you know, put some use to them. We want to contribute to the cause, my man. Uh, okay. Uh, roll me a deception check, whoever. Either one of you. Uh, mine's plus two. Mine is plus six. Oh, maybe you do it. Can we both do it? I can do yeah, it. You both can if you want. Or, uh, Taro, you can give Jaeger the. Oh, uh, I got a nat action. 20. It's okay. Don't worry. Oh, damn. <laughs> what? What? I got a nat 20. She got a oh, natural we'll go 20. Oh, with yours. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> so 22. Yeah. The most quiet of the two, and he looks over, he looks at the two of you, doesn't even see Shang, uh, and goes, Yeah, you know, I heard that, uh, that a couple of guys got knocked the hell out from a job that they were trying to do. This, uh, it's a shame. And he looks over at you, Taro, and he goes, Hey, you, you an earthbender, huh? Sure am, like crack my knuckles like an earthbender to the finger guns oh finger guns seal the deal yeah that. i finger gun him you crack your nugger nug nuggers <laughs> you crack your knuckles <laughs> and give him <laughs> you crack your uh knuckles give him the finger guns and he smiles and gives you the finger guns and he goes all right you know uh your source was right. This is uh, Earthbender Night, and I can tell you what. If you guys want to really join us, uh, you know, now's the night for the two of you. I, I don't know what the hell you are. And he looks at you, Jaeger, but he goes to Tara and goes, Hey, if you can win the lady over or something, she might help you out. I'll do my best. Got any tips, tricks? Uh, yeah, don't fight fair. He smiles as he walks over and opens the door. I whisper to Taro, did you bring your gun? I nod and I'll say, I think I can handle that. <laughs> and you guys head on. Guns blazing. It's a. Are you pulling out your gun already? No, <laughs> no. Oh, God. I'm keeping I pull that out thing my gun. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go inside and head down a small flight of spiral stairs uh and as you do you hear uh it sounds like a crowd of people the the lower you get the louder it seems to get until you reach another door you open that up and you just see this big room uh, it looks like it was completely made out of earthbenders, uh, earthbending underground and stuff like that. You've got a, it looks like a bottom floor to where you are right now is this big old arena. And there's a giant ring of people surrounding it on the, uh, the height that the door is. Looking down, cheering and, and applauding everybody that's down in that area. Uh, you see over on the side there is a bar and all this. It looks like it's a great place to watch fights and get drunk. Uh, it, You know, if you're part of the gang, this feels like a really nice spot to hang out too. You do see that there's uh, 
among the crowd of people, you're able to look past and see that there's like uh, an opening on the other side of the room that has, it looks like a, a bodybuilder guy blocking off that entrance and all of that. Uh, but that leads somewhere off of this room. In here though, you get really nice lighting with a bunch of torches that are hanging on the walls. It looks like a chandelier that was most likely either stolen or picked up from one of the ruined buildings of the vine sector. And uh, you're seeing a bunch of people are holding up yuans and other, you know, different types of coin and stuff, shouting out, looking down into this arena. As you hear an announcer goes, all right, give it up for Strong Jack. And a bunch of people start cheering and others are just like, you know, throwing their hands up like, God damn, I lost and all this stuff. Um, but Taro, in a strange way, you feel right at home. Uh, with this type of like energy because you start to realize you are surrounded by a bunch of earthbenders that just like to get down and dirty and fight and uh, Jaeger you also do see a few firebenders just like you remember there being firebenders that you guys fought earlier at the pier there are it's mostly just earthbenders and firebenders here um the crowd cheers, someone earthbends themselves out of the arena, uh, walks uh, walks out uh, through the crowd and goes straight to the bar, assuming that's the guy that lost or something. Uh, got his ass beat. Uh, you see he's bruised up and everything like that. Uh, he's kind of limping a little bit too when he heads over to the bar. Uh, and that's the scene that you guys have. Is there anything that you guys want to do, or are you just taking in the scene? I think I'm taking in the scene. I kind of want to get a drink. I kind of want to sit down and, like, be like, yeah, with some random people next to us. Maybe try to get some info. Okay. Watch some fights. Okay. I'm going to look around closer at, like, the edges of the arena to see if I can see, like, a... If there's like a VIP section where the lady might be, assuming okay. she's in attendance. That's smart. <laughs> Go ahead, Jaeger. Roll me a mm, either perception or investigation. I'll leave it up to you. And Taro, um, you head on over to the bar, uh, sitting down immediately. Not even asked. A drink is thrown your way. It looks like a drink from the New Earth Kingdom, uh, which you would immediately recognize is called uh, the Bossing Say Blast. <sighs> Haven't had one of these in a while. Cheers. Hey, you know we got plenty of them here. Ah, and the guy next to you says that, lifts up his, his glass. Uh, when you say cheers, and he goes, ah, cheers! And everybody else at the bar immediately goes, ah, cheers! Uh, and one of them looks over at you, Taro, and goes, Hey, you know, I haven't seen your face here before, but, um, you a new, you're new, uh, fresh meat, huh? I'm as fresh as they come, I guess. I clink my beer at ah. thing. <laughs> you <laughs> do what? <laughs> Drunk and yell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I clink my beer against someone's cup that's raised in the air. I'm assuming people raised their drinks in the air when they said cheers. Yeah, that. Yeah, they all cheered. Uh, they all start clinking their glass against you. 
uh, leaning, like leaning over each other to do it and stuff. Yes. And like, you just get this really warm, like accepting energy around. And the person that you're talking to wraps his arm around you and he goes, ah, you're going to do fine. You're going to do just fine. <laughs> I hope so, man. I punch him in the shoulder. Ah, and you see he rubs your shoulder. Ah, just like, you must be an earthbender. I love it. Born and raised. He punches you back in... He he punches you in the shoulder, too. And then, like, everybody else just start punching each other in the shoulder. It's good. It's good. Did you just accidentally instigate a riot? (laughs) Oh, no. No, they're just punching each other in the shoulder. Hitting the face. And Jaeger... Jaeger, what did you get? I got I got 14. Okay. Uh, you look around and you do see uh, the same wall that had that opening that's being blocked off by a guard. You do see that there is a floor that uh, someone could sit from high above the, the crowd of people uh, and watch. You do see um, there is someone there just kind of like they have their face covered and they have a fan as they're fanning themselves watching. Uh, this entire time that Tara went over to the bar and that you've been looking around, the guy in the arena was trying to get another person to come in and uh, start their fight to bring down... Um, what did I call him? Big Jack or something like that? Yeah. I thought I wrote it down. I think. His name is Some His name Jack. is now Big Jack. Don't at me, anybody, if I was wrong. <laughs> His name yeah. is Jack now. Yeah, if you yeah, think, I wrote it down. If you think frogs being inconsistent, you are done. You are banned. Legal disclaimer. You are correct, but also you cannot say it. So don't. That's right. Don't say it. Ever. Don't. Ever. ever never. Ever. We will hunt you down. Or, unless you want to say it in a five-star review, because that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. Give a like and a subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your grandchildren. Comment. Subscribe for shenanigans. All right. Let's get to it. Um, but that is what you see. You see that there is, um, somebody that looks like they would be a woman is, uh, sitting in that, uh, raised platform. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what I learned is Big Jack is still looking for a fight. It's like anybody can go in there, but I'm assuming because it's Earthbender week, it's, they're going to want Earthbenders down there. I don't think I don't think Jaeger will fit in. Yeah, you in an Earthbender fight. Like I think yeah, I that's know a safe character assumption. pretty well, you know. I've known him for a minute, and I don't I don't think he can do Earth stuff. Whoa, you can't? No, I don't think so. What? I yeah, thought for sure, sure you What? Yeah. Man. It's true. What? Oh man. Oh man. Oh jeez. So what is Jaeger thinking? Um, Jaeger is probably gonna want to find Tarum and like tell her, "Hey, you should fight that guy," you know, and uh, probably gonna talk to Shang about whether we should wait for an opportunity or like dead on investigate a way to get up there to talk to her. But that's kind of a very bold move. Yes, I would agree. It would probably best to try to. Uh win our way up there rather than sneak through uh we are very clearly out out uh numbered here okay 
And I guess it's time to get, get our heavy hitter Taro into the ring. Oh, my time to shine? Okay. That's right. As uh, your financial advisor and agent, I highly recommend you go into this ring and fight Big Jack. Cool. Hey, who's See, this pipsqueak? He's talking to you, Taro, pointing at Jaeger. Who's this pipsqueak telling you what to do, huh? Oh, no, he's cool. Don't worry about him. We're uh, oh, he's both cool. trying he, to... He, he doesn't... Huh? Well, oh, yeah? Well, watch this. Jaeger does a backflip. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, rolling at performance. Or athletics. No, acrobatics. Yeah, give me acrobatics. <laughs> I got a natural 20. Since it's a backflip. Nice. <laughs> you do, like, a double back somersault, and the crowd just goes wild. They're watching you right now, uh, and, like, they cheer, and the guy that was like, Ah, oh, you know, I was wrong about this guy. All right, all right, get him a drink, get him a drink. <laughs> and they pour you the same drink that uh, Taro got, and just, like, shove it over to you real quick. And a bunch of people have their arms around you. You guys are, like, very clearly part of the circle. Now, who wants to see a fight, huh? Hell yeah, yeah! And everybody just starts cheering to that. I'll take a swing. Yeah. All right! And you got a couple people starting to clap. The ones that were talking to you, Taro, know that you're the new one. Like, the fresh meat, they said. Uh, and before anyone else steps up, someone is about to step onto the platform and earthman it down to fight Big Jack. Uh, but one of the guys that was at the bar uh, follows, like, uh, walks beside you as you walk over to the ring, grabs the guy and just, like, shoves him against the wall and, like, allows you to walk onto the platform. Um, before I do that, um, can I... Hold on, let me message you an idea that I have. Hold on. Uh-oh. Um, while she's doing that, Jaeger wants to be in a position where... He can see the lady, like in the arena, okay. like a position where I can see both the fight and the lady. Okay. Um, yeah, you find a good spot for that. I could say that you and Shang would both be doing that. Uh, you find a nice yes. spot that you could um, that you could kind of be positioned a little bit taller than some of the others, um, and yes. You can definitely try to do that. Um, so, listen, oh, yeah. you, guys, you guys are going to get some <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, you, Jaeger, find a spot that you can watch her and the fight. Shang does the same thing, but on the other side. So, if anything starts happening, he would be able to come and surprise whatever, you know, and try to defuse whatever. Uh, okay. You bo both have your bases covered, essentially. And he just kind of nods to you and you can see him, the arena, and her at the same time. Excellent. But Taro, you walk up to the uh, to the platform, you earthbend it down into the arena, it's like a whole extra floor under. Uh, the crowd goes wild for you, uh, they start cheering fresh meat, fresh meat. And uh, the person that's kind of like the announcer goes, All right, and we got a newcomer. We got a newcomer. Sounds like some fresh meat. All right, fresh meat. What's your name? 
Oh. She she pauses for a moment because she's like, maybe I shouldn't say the name that I'm going by currently. Rena. All right, we got Rena. We got Rena on the side. We got Rena on the side, and over here we got Big Jack. And the crowd goes wild. Um, Jaeger, you said you're making, you're like watching the fight and the lady and all that. Yeah, doing some weird stuff with my eyes. Ye Jaeger, when she said her name was Rena, you saw the lady stand like sit up oh uh she has the undivided attention now as this fight begins Ooh. and that is where we'll end the episode dun, dun, dun. Ooh, that's cool hell yeah oh man i wasn't gonna do that but oh that's good Feels good being back in the saddle. Feels good. It really does. Thank you all for coming and listening. You guys are all awesome. You guys are all cool when you're part of a team. Um, do you guys have anything to say to the listeners? You guys no are amazing. No oh. developments on my end in regards to the big plans, but... It's common. It's like winter in Game Evolving. of Thrones. Evolving. So who knows? I am greatly preparing myself for whatever you have coming. Good. Good. Some might say if you could over-prepare, that would be me. Because I oh. am prepared times two. Yeah, the dice benders will have early access for sure. Mm. Oh, this is going to be nice. This is going to be beautiful. Antaro, you were saying something? Anything you want to say to the people? Oh. Uh, no. I'm just like, you guys are great. Thanks for listening. Um, don't spell my secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if you spell her secret, it's over. I will have to um, take you out. Sorry. It's over. You're done. You're done. The Ben Beautiful. and Archies will That's send their regards. I, I love when we threaten our listeners. Um, it's <laughs> We've we done it at least twice base. this time. <laughs> my favorite part. We've done it twice. Yeah, this this is the most threats in a single episode. And uh, <laughs> let's see if we can beat it for next week, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. I, I don't have any announcements. Uh, so the only thing I have to say to you guys is... The character classes are Skeptic Frog's creation. Uh, the world of Avatar was created by Brike, published by Nickelodeon, and all credits for music and sounds will be found in the show notes. And as always, everybody, subscribe. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, And I am trying to get us onto Google Podcast because that would be nice. And uh, Stitcher would be really cool if we could get on there. Um... And as always, everybody, subscribe for more shenanigans. 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 What a great session. That was good. Oh, what a great...
we take a step back from our party and instead zoom our way through the city, finding our way through the city streets, weaving through traffic, finding our way into the middle sector between our current parties. We fly face to sign with a business, a local business, a small business, but a booming local business called Earth's Crust. The smell of pizza emanating from the door. The rush, the sound, the noise of customers walking in and out, leaving with empty bellies or full bellies, and coming in with empty bellies. We go through the doors, and we see a scene, much like any other day at the Earth's Crust. We have a few people behind the counter, one manning the register, taking up orders and shouting them into the back for a few of our pizza makers to deal with. We've also got someone checking out how the customers are doing that are dining in for the day. One person in particular we zoom over to. As he is making his pizza in the oven that he hates to use, we hear his cashier buddy shout out, Alright Shin, we need this we need the daily special. Daily special coming up. We see Shin dressed in common Republic City garb with an apron over top. As for his build, his appearance, we'll leave that up to Shin for you, for your ears to hear. With Shin, you see a stocky man, short though, at about 5'2". Uh, kind of little like more muscular than you would think a pizza pizza maker should be. Uh, with cut close brown hair, uh, green eyes. Uh, his clothes currently. Stain with sauce and flour. <laughs> fitting. Completely fitting. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, you'd probably be getting, um, hearing a lot of crap from your coworkers telling you that you didn't do anything all day. <laughs> right? Like, like, no, trust me, I've been back here. Slinging the dough. Mm-hmm. Now, I ask my players this all the time. Uh, because I like to have an idea both as the DM and also as the listeners to kind of give uh, an attachment to these characters and such. Anubis, or otherwise known as Shin, what's going on in your head today? This is just a normal day. This is your normal lunch, mid-afternoon 
clo- well, close to mid-afternoon rush. Uh, today's like any other day, but, you know, this is our first day with you. So, what's going on in your head? No, at the current moment, you know, he's just thinking about... Shen's just thinking about the orders he's, he's making. Uh, trying to also keep track of his how much inventory he's got so he knows how much to tell uh, his employees that's running the books how to like what to order and everything not much else today okay so today truly is a normal day for our friend Shin here as he goes to make the special the daily special it seems to change frequently Possibly once a day. Hmm. I wonder where they got the name then. <laughs> you go through your day like normal. Um, allowing yourself to kind of break out of reality almost. Being here in your pizzeria, it's almost... It's soothing, you know, emotionally, uh, physically. This isn't strenuous as much as uh, sometimes it may seem. This is... This is your downtime, basically. This is how you relax. This is how you be you. Yeah. Throughout the day, uh, the rush has kind of died down a little bit because you guys handled it swiftly. You and the four other uh, teammates that you have with you. You don't like calling them employees because they're more than that. You know, they, they're not just co-workers. They're your, your friends, too. You start cleaning up the back where you are in charge of making the pizzas and such. You've got one of your guys coming up to you. Uh, looks a bit like an earthbender, although he he has a... You, you know him to be a, a firebender. Uh, so he's got that fiery passion and energy. Part of the reason you liked him in the first place was that energy that he gives off. But he comes up to you... Uh, sharp eyebrows, sharp jawline, much like an earthbender would, um, or rugged jawline, I should say, comes up to you and says, Hey, Shin, you got somebody outside that uh, wanted to thank the pizza man behind his uh, his meal today. Um, Shin just looks at himself and, like, dusts, dusts some of the flour off of him. He's like, uh, okay. Uh, point the way. And he uh, he walks over to the door, opens it slightly, the, the um, swinging door, and just gestures over to some man that's sitting in the back, uh, back of your restaurant, by himself, uh, having finished his plate. You see one of your other teammates comes over and picks up his plate. You can't hear it, but you see he mouths thank you to your co-worker as he uh, as your friend here says yeah that's the guy it's the first time I've seen him here Shin, go, Shin looks at the man and gives his beard a scratch they uh I like the pizza sir he looks up from uh, talking to your other co-worker Sees you and gestures for you to come over. He raises his hand and swings it towards him. 
watch and walks on over to the guy. Yeah, don't worry. I'll take care of the any orders that come through while you're out there, okay? Alright. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just make my way over to him. Hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing, sir. I just had to meet the person that was making this fantastic meal that I had today. Uh, yeah, that'd be me. Uh, which which one did you have today? Oh, I had the, what did you call it, the daily special. I added the anchovies, though. You always want a pizza with anchovies. Uh, yeah. Glad you liked it. Oh, thank you. You take a look at this man. He's a very short man. He has what looks like a, a top hat and a monocle, though the top hat seems a little worn compared to the rest of his suit. It seems in fine, pristine fashion. Uh, he has himself a cane that is kind of hanging off of the side of his table. And uh, he just gives you this friendly look with this big handle, curling handlebar mustache. And he just goes, now say, I must ask, what is your name, sir? Oh, my name, my name's Shin. Yeah. Ah, nice to meet you. And he just smiles and pulls out his wallet and puts down a hundred dollar yuan on the table. And he was like, keep up the good work. Uh, it's a little... How much we said the, the pizza was? We said initially five. the pizza's like four dollars. So that's a lot, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Shin's just gonna look at him and be like, "Ah, uh, that's that's more than more more than you should be paying here, sir." And he tries to like give it back to him. He completely ignores it and just goes. Now say, are you the owner of this establishment? Yeah. You're doing a swell job. Be sure to keep up with the work. And he uh, he gets up, grabs his, uh, his cane, doesn't go to shake your hand or anything, but he does kind of give a slight bow and says, I may be back someday. Well, and begins to walk right out. Then. Shin's just going to look at the... The money and be like, huh. So I should put anchovies on that pizza more. <laughs> That's what you get out of that. That's good. <laughs> uh, beyond that, there's not a, too many other things going on. Uh, there's not too many other things going on extra tonight. Uh, at this point, it's still. No, I don't want to say it's nighttime yet. But it is to the point now where, like, your shift is ending, uh, leaving the way for the rest of your group to kind of do their thing. You got somebody that comes in around this time that fills in for you, so you still have the recommended number of people to manage this restaurant. Uh, and as you head into the back to kind of say goodbye to all of your, your guys, you head into the office and see the one that you have handling the... Uh, the paperwork, essentially. Not necessarily the manager, but he is very much more your assistant than the others in terms of the business side of things. This guy looks very thin and, um, thin but 
healthy. You know, not not. He he ain't eating too much of the pizza. Right, he's not he's not enjoying the pizza as much, uh, but he is very tall. Also, he's almost six feet, and he's he's got a little uh, register on on his lap, or you know the tray for the register. He's counting out the yuans, putting it in the paperwork, and putting whatever they need into the safe uh, to take it as a deposit when you come back tomorrow morning. And as you walk back there, without him even looking up, he goes, oh, it's your time to head out, huh? Yeah, it's about that time. Uh, Shin's going to take the 100 yuan from the other guy and hand it to him and go, hey, just make sure this gets split up amongst everybody tonight. Oh, for everyone. crap, dude. Like, did you get this? Was this a tip or something? Yeah, some... Some guy out there, real, you know, snooty type, team, uh, just left it, said it was really good pizza. Odd, though, because, you know, he wanted anchovies on it. I didn't think much of him at that point. But, yeah, I, I'm glad we haven't gotten rid of the anchovies then. Like, this is what we get? <laughs> yeah. Might want to start more of those. Yeah. I don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe that's what the tomorrow special is going to be. <laughs> but, hey, man, um... You know, after we close down for the night, I don't know if you've got any plans I, with a tip like this. You want to wanna go to the bar or something later? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, I'll, we'll go to the bar. You see your first, re, uh, your first word. He kind of gave a, a small frown to it and looked down slightly. And then your retraction into saying, yeah, screw it, let's do it. He, he lights up and he goes, dude, that would be awesome. You know, it, we haven't hung out in a while. These, this law, there's all the stupid stuff going on in the city. I feel like, uh, and the rest of the guys here feel this way too. It's like, we've all been kind of grown distant and yeah, just it, I'm glad you'll be there, man. Yeah, no, I can, I can kind of get that feeling too. So, let's take after after closing everything, to have everyone meet down at the bar and just have a couple drinks, hang out for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. Meet you at Brigard's. Yeah, Brigard's. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. And he he uh, reaches over for a predator handshake. <laughs> Do you know which one that is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a printer handshake. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> he goes, you take care, man. Be safe out there. Don't do anything right. stupid. Ah, that's no fun. <laughs> and he walks out. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so Shin, you walk out of your uh, your restaurant. You know it's in good hands with the good people that you have working with you. Uh, but you've got the rest of the afternoon to yourself. Um, what do you feel like doing today? It's a big city. There's a lot that... There's a lot you can do out here. Like what? I, what do I see in the immediate vicinity? In the immediate vicinity, you're almost in the town square, essentially, where you've got the library is nearby. A little ways down the road, you've got the uh, water transport building. Uh, you've got a few local businesses like. 
like a little bookstore and stuff like that. Uh, the place that your city that your building takes is in is in the middle sector of the town of the mm-hmm. city. Uh, so the I don't want to say the fun stuff, but the fun stuff is more to the middle left or middle right. Uh, yeah, I'll start heading down the uh, middle right way. Okay. Uh, this is uh, a side of town that you head to before, and you used to head over here more often. The middle right's uh, in the direction that Brigard's place is. That's one of the local bars that also acts as like a, a hangout spot for children during school t- uh, school hours and afternoon and stuff. So it's it's an arcade uh, meets bar. In the afternoon, they shut down for kids and let the adults come in and have fun. Until then, they don't offer any drinks or anything like that. So it is safe for children and the like. Uh, it's just an all-around nice place for anyone to hang out. Um, just to give you an idea of what Brigard's is. So kind of like Dave and Buster's. Yeah, basically it's like a Dave and Buster's, and at night it turns into a Hooters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dave and Buster's by day, Hooters by night. (laughs) But you start heading down this way. Uh, As you do, you're passing by one of the shops that uh, sells technology tvs and stuff like that as you're walking by you see uh one of the news channels is on one of the tvs that they're showcasing and it's talking about how there was the attack that took place in the vine sector over by the docks the night before uh rumor has it that it was a bender revolt group and uh Seems like White Lotus was there as well due to an anonymous tip by a cab driver. Uh, the White Lotus allowed this to happen and stuff like that. Uh, now, you never even heard that the White Lotus was supposed to be in town. Uh, last thing you ever heard on the news was that the White Lotus uh, kind of disrupted the city uh, to the south of you guys, Bay Long, which is bordering the Republic Nation and the United Provinces. Uh, so it is a little odd for you to hear that there is uh, that there is the White Lotus here in town. But there's also a continuation in the news saying that there is an airbender that supposedly is a mem- uh, he is from one of the air nations who may also be a part of the White Lotus, uh, who has a bison of some kind uh, and they'll say more information once we contact the general and the and president about if they have family members coming into town and such yeah so Shin's gonna like stop and you know take a listen at all this for a moment and then just keep walking okay uh, now, we didn't discuss this before we started recording, but I do want to ask you now, where do you feel Shin would live in this city? Somewhere out of the way. Okay. So we can say you live somewhat close to the middle right sector. That's also a place where some people live that aren't as rich, but it also is a less conspicuous place to live, too. Uh it's not as run down as Vine Sector because, I mean, let's face it, no one wants to live down in a sector that's overrun with vines and desolate buildings. 
Yeah, definitely get thrown in jail there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, um, which is perfect because that's actually the direction that you've been walking anyway. Uh, as you start walking, you see one of the kids uh, that you see all the time in this part of the town as you are leaving the middle sector and heading to the middle right. Uh, one of these local kids comes up to you and he goes, oh, Shin, hey, uh, did, did you bring anything for, for me today? Kid's name? Uh, his name is Raiden. Raiden? Yeah. It's like, oh. Unfortunately, uh, Raiden and he, like, Shin, like, digs in this little bag he keeps next to him. Uh, like, um, kind of like a satchel. Mm-hmm. But, uh, digs in there, he's like, ah. And pulls out a loaf of bread. <laughs> Like, just a loaf of bread he made at work. He's like, this is all I got today, and like, hands it to Raiden glows, and he goes, oh, well, thank you, Shin. Thank you so much. And uh, he takes it and runs over into an alleyway, and you see his his uh, younger sister is sitting there, too, and he breaks off a piece of the bread and hands it to her. And the two of them look at you, and she waves, and he waves. Shin waves back and keeps continues on his way, smiling. Mm. You go, uh, you continue on your way, uh, and as you do, you hear a familiar sound that all but drops uh, the mood around you, the energy that you're feeling. Uh, there's less of a crowd around here because you're heading home. You know, people are still in the heart of the city, uh, or at least you're heading towards home. You look up to the sky and you see a messenger hawk. A messenger hawk that's all too familiar to you. That's got the, of course, standard red and black uh, feathers and stuff like that. But these particular messenger hawks, you know, has a clip on one of the uh, feathers of its tail to signify exactly what and who it is bringing you the message before you even have to read it. Shin's gonna give a little sigh. Like, it's such a nice day. The hawk circles around for a moment, having spotted you, and swoops down expecting to land on your arm, which I'm sure you let it. Yeah, he puts his arm out. You see there's a message attached to its leg. You pull it, and it flies off. Uh, you know that these messages are always one way, and one way only. I'm gonna go ahead and open the clip. Just, again, giving off that sigh, like... And open the message. You see that the message reads simply, follow the lead, and it gives a name. We'll say the name is Marquis Olan. And it says under it, contact of 
in parentheses, slick. Now, Shin, you know your last, we'll just call this, uh, favor that was sent over to you requested you to find Slick in a way. We'll just say that for now. You didn't do it. You weren't able to. He left before you had the opportunity to find how to get to him. Which means you're already on a strike. The people sending this message to you, you know they only take these strikes so many times. Uh, guess I'm not heading to the bar later. And Shin's gonna make his way to that to his, where he lives. Okay. And I feel like the the mood, like your pace has changed, your posture has changed. Uh, is this all correct? Uh, his pace, not so much. Like, he knows what he's got to do, and he's gonna do it. And okay. and uh. Yeah, he's moving at the same pace, but he's definitely not so excited and, you know, happy as he was a moment ago. Okay. Well, on the plus side, you were kind of heading in the same direction of your home. Uh, so, I want... You said that you don't want to live in a place that's... You, you want to live in a place that's out of the way. Um, since this is your home, Shin, what does this place look like? What's the neighborhood? What's the building? What's your home look like? He lives definitely in like an apartment complex. Uh, preferably on the second floor somewhere. Like not not like a apartment building you'd normally see, but like a one that has like separate several buildings and like it's only about two floors high each building you know so like more like townhouses kind of like apartment complex townhouses yeah okay and neighborhoods a little like it's it's not very well kept up definitely you don't really pay attention to people coming and going through here and it, what his place looks like typical like mid 20s guy who lives by himself <laughs> dirty but you know comfortable comfortable like he keeps the dishes he keeps the kitchen clean because you know he likes to likes to cook and everything but the rest of the house is like there's some clothes laying around somewhere a vacuum if there are vacuums at this point. <laughs> uh, not quite yet. Okay, then not that. <laughs> uh, but like, the place is... It's clean enough for him. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, as you're heading up to your building, 
your neighbor, uh, your neighbor lady. You've talked to her before. She's actually kind of cute. Um, she's about average height for a woman. You know that she has Fire Nation heritage. Uh, she's got a little bit of scarring on her uh, arms. Uh, nice brown hair, beautiful, almost golden eyes. And you two have kind of talked before, not to the extent of like going into each other's places for some times or anything like that. But there's always been like a friendliness. And as you come up, she is leaving her place, gives you a soft smile and then realizes like your mood. And she just begins to frown and goes, I take it you're on the job again. This is getting really annoying, but it's got to be done. No, I understand. I don't mean to pry. I promise. Just... Be careful. Yeah, thanks. And... and she continues. So does she. You head on inside. Uh, you see that there's already a small package at your uh, door when you walk in. As though they have already had the keys to your place long before this. This is not uncommon for you. Uh, just annoying, if anything. You open up the package. It's just a small box that you can easily crack open uh, by tearing off the tape. And you see it's a picture of Marquis Olan. Uh, his last known location and his occupation and it seems like he is a dock worker which would make sense uh, he looks like he is a roughed up waterbender heritage male uh, with a rugged beard in much of the same way that you would think an unkept earthbender beard would be uh, he wears armor, or not armor, he wears clothes that always seem washed. Probably because he lives by the docks and water just splashes up on him from time to time. Uh, but it does have a note saying that he is a waterbender. It's, it says his last known location was near the docks where the ferry boat is that leads to Air Temple Island. And I took the the location part. I, like, I don't take the whole thing. I just took like the location part into my pocket. Uh, and that's where we'll end this bonus scene. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you uh, Shin for hopping in and doing this uh, listeners if you have any idea who this person is and what he's doing feel free to do a hashtag DiceBendersD&D &D and then try to give out your own theory your own explanation and uh, well we'll see if you're right <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening guys I'm so excited yep yeah, uh I said it in the preview at the end of this main episode, so I'm not going to say it here, although I will say uh, we are no longer attempting to do any kind of Patreon for Dicebenders. What we are doing instead, however, is uh, a stretch goal. 
uh, on Apple iTunes, whatever whatever they're called now, Apple Music. I don't. Yeah. Uh, to help the algorithm, that's where the five-star reviews really makes a big difference for podcasts. We're doing a stretch goal. If we can get up to, I think our goal is 50 five-star reviews, we're going to do a special one-shot called Pirates of the Chameleon Bay. Uh, so anyone that wants to kind of help support the show, feel free to add a five-star review onto iTunes. Uh and that'll help us get closer to that goal and we can get that one shot going for you guys. And Shin, this is the first time you would get to say it. Uh, I'm going to cut out this particular phrase that we say at the end of every episode. I'm, I'm going to let you say it. Uh, so as the final call, go ahead, Anub- uh, go ahead, Shin. Wait, my mind just totally drew up like what? It's fine. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll say it this time for you. Subscribe for more shenanigans. Oh, that part. Subscribe for more shenanigans. (laughs) 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 All right. Bye, Craig.